Welcome to a special edition of the Maze and Brew podcast, mazebrew.com. We're being joined by Michigan Center, Hunter Dickinson. And Hunter, I want you to tell me a little bit, just off the gates, uh, welcome in. And also, I want you to tell me a little bit about your partnership with Whistle and the Put You On video that you did with them. Um, The partnership with Whistle uh, was something that uh, they contacted me um, early in the fall. I think it was in August, maybe. Um, they wanted to come and shoot, you know, a day in the life uh, with me. And so, you know, I, I thought it was something that was really cool and interesting. Um, and so I definitely uh, accepted it. And um, I think, you know, the day was pretty fun. Um, I thought it was something that was different uh, for me and something that I enjoyed doing. And I thought it came out pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you got to show off some really cool parts of Ann Arbor that maybe not a lot of people know about Hunter. Yeah, um, you know, I think some restaurants uh, that I went to, um, you know, my the cookie place, Detroit Cookie Company, um, you know, I think those were some spots that I really enjoy uh, going to. And, you know, I was able to, I guess, show uh, the rest of the, you know, the world about them. Yeah, and, and Ann Arbor are always known as this big college town and all this stuff, but it was cool to kind of see all the different intricacies that you've been able to find in your time there. Some really cool stuff. Wanted to go to uh, last night's win against Maryland a little bit here, and it seems like maybe, Hunter, you got a little bit of juice playing your, I guess, hometown, quote-unquote, team. Uh, tell me a little bit of just that extra energy you get playing the Terps. Um, I think, you know, it was just me, um, you know, getting – my first game back from having COVID. And so, you know, I was excited to get out there and play with my teammates again. Um, you know, I was really disappointed uh, not being able to play against Illinois with them. So uh, for me, I was just really excited to get back out there uh, with my team and, you know, uh, get back in the win column. Yeah, and you certainly had an impact. 21 points, six boards, six assists last night. You brought up the Illinois game. That's where I wanted to go with my next question here. Because uh, that was a huge rivalry last season. I think a lot of people thought the two of you were the best teams in the Big Ten. You certainly finished that way. And then they had all that Big Ten champ disrespect. And then you missed the game, unfortunately, uh, because of COVID, as you said. And I guess, how did you feel? How, how much did missing that game affect you, especially with that matchup you missed with Kofi Coburn, one of the best centers along with you in college basketball? Yeah, um, it was definitely disheartening um, to miss that game. That was a game that I definitely looked forward to playing in. Um, you know, just being in that environment would have been really fun uh, for me. Um, and then to be able to play a good team like Illinois that, you know, is at the top of the Big Ten um, right now. I think they're 6-1, and one, and so they're having a really good season. To be able to play them um, would have been really fun for me, and I feel like, you know, I would have been able to help the team uh, hopefully – uh, next time when we play them, you know, I'll be able to be back and um, hopefully it'll be a different result. Do you think a little bit of that juice from last year rolled over in the matchup against Illinois or, or do you think it was missed because you guys weren't fully healthy? Um, I think, you know, it's a new year and a new team, um, new teams. So I, I think, you know, it was a little bit different out there this year. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I think a lot of NBA scouts just in general were looking forward to that game. Unfortunately, with you missing, maybe it didn't have as much hype as uh, what a lot of people had thought. 
Uh, and I know you tested those waters a little bit last season after the end of the year. We've seen a little bit more from your right hand, a little bit more shooting range from you throughout the course of this season. Are those some things that the NBA scouts wanted to see from you? And, and what else in your own game are you focusing on this season? Yeah, um, the right hand and the um, extending my shooting were two things that were um, talked about a lot um, by the NBA scouts and um, NBA people in general. So those are two things that I really worked on this summer. And I really try to make those, I guess, weaknesses that they said, um, you know, into strengths. And so for me, I put in a lot of work this summer and I feel like um, it's paying off out there this year. Yeah, I can definitely tell. I believe uh, you've you've hit a couple three pointers. It's always a lot of fun when you see a seven footer like you hitting the, the shots from deep. It's always enjoyable. Uh, and, and I know that's not really the type of player Juwan Howard was back in his day, more kind of in the post. How much has your coach kind of helped you out with the moves on the inside? Because we've seen some of that development with other bigs, as well as you, uh, with some of those post moves that Howard kind of perfected throughout his 15-year career in the NBA. And now on top of that, being a coach in the NBA and now at Michigan with you. Yeah, um, he does a really good job of, you know, developing his players. Um, we do a lot of skill development um, as bigs. Um, me and him have, you know, our individual workouts where we really slow down things and um, really just try to perfect, um, you know, like my craft even more. And so I really enjoy having him, you know, not only as a coach, but as, you know, a player development guy, um, spending so much time with me. Um, he really cares about his players and um, he's really invested in getting them better each and every day. Talking with Hunter Dickinson here on the Amazing Brew podcast, a special edition with Dan Plucker. I uh, wanted to ask about some of those freshmen that he brought in this year. His first full cycle as a coach, bringing in Musa, Caleb, Frankie, and Kobe Bufkin as well, all of them getting pretty significant playing time off the bat. How difficult has that transition been to a younger group this year after losing a veteran-led team last year with Sean D. Franz, Isaiah Livers, and Mike Smith departing to the NBA? Yeah, it's definitely different um, having them uh, leave us, you know, to go on to bigger and better things, you know, the NBA. I'm happy for those guys. Uh, it's definitely an adjustment, you know, playing with, you know, a much younger team this year, but I think um, it's been, you know, a growing um, part of my game is, you know, trying to be more of a leader for this team and trying to um, just help the younger guys and, you know, do what players last year did for me to show me the ropes of college basketball and, you know, the Michigan culture, trying to just get these guys to buy into, you know, the teachings of the coaching staff and I'm um, just showing them what Michigan is all about. So, off the court, then, kind of what you were just describing, who do you think those guys are the team outside of you? Obviously, you playing that impact. I'm, think Eli, I'm thinking Eli Brooks is probably in that conversation, too. Is there anybody else there? Um, for uh, what do you mean? In in, the uh, leadership yeah. side of oh, yeah. uh, the leadership side of things. Yeah, um, obviously, it starts with Eli. He's our team captain. And so for us, he's definitely the guy that we all look up to. Um, I'm trying to help him out in that role, not – have him have so much pressure of, you know, trying to lead an entire team by himself. Uh, Devontae Jones is another guy who, even though this is his first year, um, he's the point guard of the team, and he's obviously a very experienced, a very skilled player who um, knows what to do out there. So that's another guy that the younger guys lead to. Um, Terrence Williams is another guy who coach um, points to for leadership. Um, he's a guy that knows um, a lot about the game as a high 
basketball IQ that does a lot of things correctly. So he's a guy that younger guys um, can look to for, you know, guidance and what to do out there. I want to talk a little bit about football here, Hunter, just because I saw you tweeting a bunch during the regular season. I mean, you credit to you, you predicted the uh, win over Ohio State this season. Then you said you might even line up a tight end if Arbaugh needed you. What was it like to be a student athlete in that environment this year, beating Ohio State, winning the Big Ten championship, and then getting to the playoffs itself? Yeah, I don't think I get enough credit um, for <laughs> calling the Ohio State win. I feel like people just glance over that one. But um, it was super fun for me to be out there um, just, you know, rooting on the Michigan football team. Uh, it was a great season. It was a definitely a special season for those guys. And I'm really happy for, you know, the work that, you know, they put in really excited for Coach Harbaugh and his success. Um, he definitely deserved it and earned it. Um, and I'm just excited for, you know, what the future holds because I, I think the future is really bright for that team. Yeah, so with that great season, like the bright future that you're having, they have exactly what you're kind of bringing in there. And that fun, that atmosphere that the students were feeling all year round, do you think that brings a little bit of motivation or pressure on you guys to keep that momentum rolling? I don't think there's any pressure um, from, you know, the, I think there's already just built-in pressure of every year, you know, maintaining the success that Michigan basketball has had over the years. Um, I think that's enough for us, um, you know, just enough, I guess, pressure. I'm, I don't think it's pressure. I think it's just, you know, us playing to our capabilities. But um, I think, you know, just the basketball, Michigan basketball success in the past couple of years is enough for us. For sure. Uh, so I saw, speaking of tweets and the tweets that we've seen kind of across the board from you, I, I also saw your tweet just about an hour ago uh, about the four games policy for redshirting in football, but it just got shot down by the NCAA for basketball in a COVID year. Can you elaborate your thoughts on that decision and just everything that's happening there? Yeah, um, I'm, I wasn't too sure about the rule um, beforehand with the redshirting with basketball. Um, but then I learned about the football uh, redshirting last year that you're able to play four games um, and still be able to redshirt. But with basketball, it's um, I'm not sure how many it is, but it's like either one or two. And I think, you know, it's just not. I like I don't I don't see the reasoning for that, especially in a COVID year where teams are playing with seven players. I don't understand why you shouldn't be able to, you know, be able to put in a redshirt guy who you know, we'll have to burn a whole year of eligibility for just playing one or two extra games. I don't think, you know, that's fair to the university or the players or, or the coaches that are put in, you know, those difficult circumstances of having to play games um, with, you know, limited players, especially when a football player can go and play four regular season games out of 12 and then still be able to redshirt. Um, doesn't make sense to me when basketball players aren't able to you know, play four games out of 30 games, um, especially in a year where there's teams playing with very limited um, players out there. Right. And then you were one of those teams, Hunter, with all the COVID issues that were going on, uh, at least presumably in, in your own locker room. How much do you think if that rule had been implemented, would it have affected you guys personally? I think it definitely would have affected us. Um, we have two guys that are um, planning on redshirting. And so, for us, I think, you know, being able to have those guys be out there on the floor would have helped us um, in the Rutgers game, especially since 
we were missing some guys. Um, but, you know, it's something that all teams had to deal with. And so we can't really make excuses for that because that's something that um, a lot of teams around the country, probably every team around the country is going to have to deal with at some point during the season. Sure. Two more questions for you here. Hunter Dickinson joining Dan Plucker on a special edition of the Mason Brew podcast. Uh, so you got your first, or sorry. Yeah. You got your first win in a month against Maryland off to a nine and eight start. How do the Michigan Wolverines get back on track and become a threat in the NCAA tournament this season? I think um, yesterday was a really good step um, in that direction. I think, you know, I saw a lot of good things out there for my teammates. Um, a lot of things that we can build on um, for the games coming up. We got a stretch of games that I feel like are really important for us that um, are almost must wins at this point for us. And that, you know, we're going to come in with, you know, a lot of, I guess, you know, not pressure, but a lot of, um, you know, urgency to try to win those games and get back on track uh, for the rest of the season. All right. So I saw you're on cameo on your Twitter page. You also have the big Dickinson energy merch out. Uh, what else are you doing for NILs and where can people find some of your stuff? Um, I got a couple um, deals with some local companies around here. Um, one of them being the Jagged Fork. It's a breakfast place down um, near downtown Ann Arbor that I really enjoy going to or go at least once a week, usually like twice a week. That's a spot that's really um, good. I feel like in a place that I really enjoy going to and, you know, the people that work there and um, the owners, uh, really good guys. So I really appreciate them. Um, I got a couple other deals that are coming um, very soon. I got one with Tops, um, the card company, mm -hmm. and then two other deals that are, will be announced soon. Um, I think it's really been fun for me for NLI or NIL. I mean, um, so for me, it's something that's been really fun, especially since last year we weren't able to do it. Um, but uh, for merchandise, um, the Big Dickinson Energy has been a fun brand for me to do. It's on the player's trunk. Um, they have an Instagram, Twitter, and then you can just type it in on Google. Um, I got some stuff there, some autograph stuff that you can – by. It's been super fun for me to do just to, you know, have my own brand and have people, you know, wear your logo on shirts and stuff has been really fun for me. Check out the video on Whistles Put You On with Hunter Dickinson uh, on their YouTube page or on mazenbrew.com where the article will be posted as well with this podcast on it. Hunter, really appreciate a couple minutes here. Best of luck the rest of the season and go blue. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go blue.